We have uh, email bulletins for the month of September. We don't have any print copies. Uh, Ed stayed home all week. So, no, the, the printer <laughs> printer's broken, so we'll get those done as soon as we are able. Uh, let's see what else. Woo. Bible school, tomorrow night, Monday night, and Tuesday night will be the book of Romans, verse by verse. On Wednesday night, um, preparation and delivery of sermons and Bible lessons, how to teach the Bible to others, and that'll, that'll be on uh, Wednesday nights this fall and uh, Thursday service as usual right here. Okay, we started this morning, by the grace of God, the help of God, uh, what will be a very lengthy series of studies on all the names given to our Lord Jesus Christ throughout the pages of the Bible. And we enjoyed together this morning a look at Jesus Christ, our Advocate. And what a joy to have someone in the presence of the Father to plead our cause continually, continually. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. What a joy, what a blessing. Tonight, let's turn together to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. This actually is the first alphabetically, but we wanted to cover that advocate material this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. Jesus is called in the Word of God, Adam. Not the second Adam, but the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 45 says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from Heaven. Now notice, notice, the first man, Adam, was made. See that? He's not God. He's not a God. He is made. He's a created being formed by God of the dust of the ground. The Bible says in Genesis that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and that man, made by God, became a living soul. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Now, then the Bible says, the last Adam, not the second, not the next, not the seven billionth, the last Adam. There's, there's the first one, there's the last one. That's all God's concerned about. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now, he's not formed and fashioned. He's not a created being. He's made in regard to his power, his ability, his might. Our brother's talking about Islam struggles with Jesus being called the Son of God. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Adam, Adam is called in Scripture the Son of God. John 1.12, As many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even them believe on His name. There are many, many, many people who are called sons of God. And they are sons of God. 
But there is only one begotten Son of God. People misread the Bible. And we'll, we'll uh, look at Jesus, God's begotten later. But people misread the Bible and say, well, He's the only Son to whom God ever gave birth. That's not true. Everybody that's saved is a Son to whom God gave birth. Begotten is an exalted position. Granted or given above all others. Just to summarize, and we'll look at it again in a later lesson. But the Bible calls in Hebrews 11, Isaac, Abraham's only begotten son. He is not Abraham's only son. He's not the only son born of Abraham's seed. He's not the only son to come out of Abraham's loins. But of all the sons of Abraham, he's the one chosen to inherit the blessing of the land. He got the patriarchal birthright, so he's called the only begotten son. Now, God the Father made the Lord Jesus Christ a quickening spirit, just as Adam was given power by God to reproduce what he was, a physical being with physical life. So Jesus Christ was given power by His Father to reproduce what He is. A spiritual being with spiritual life living in a body of human flesh. We'll see that before we continue tonight. Adam, the first Adam, is called so because he is the head of the race. And everyone born of that race has Adam as their father. So Jesus Christ is the head of a race. Everyone born of Jesus Christ has Jesus Christ, the last Adam, as their father. Now, believe it or not, with, with all the arguing that's going on in, both in, in, the, in the church and in the world, everybody belongs to but one of two families. You have Adam for your father, or you have Christ for your father, that's it. In eternity, there's not going to be a Brazilian heaven and a Peruvian heaven and a Mexican heaven and an American heaven and a Canadian heaven. None of that matters. You're in Adam or you're in Christ. You've had one birth or you've had two births. That's all that matters. Now, look what the Bible says here in Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter 5. We're talking about Christ as the last Adam. He is, he is Adam in that he is the father of a race, a generator of a race of people. He is the family head. He is the national head. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 5 and verse 12, Wherefore? As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now look at that. If, if sin came into the world by Adam, and everyone has received sin because Adam sinned, then it is self-evident that everyone in the world descended from Adam. All of us did not inherit the same hair color. All of us did not inherit the same skin color. 
All of us did not inherit the same accent. All of that is a result of of events that took place at Babel and beyond. But what we all did inherit from Adam was sin. Thanks, Dad. And the proof, the proof that you're a member of the human race is not your DNA. It's your conduct. And the proof, the proof that you came from Adam is your future a hole in the ground? Well, I'm going to avoid that. All right, a crematorium. All right, death at sea. Listen, however you go and whatever is done with your remains, you are going to die. That's the proof you came from Adam. Look, you can argue with the Bible all you want, but until you meet somebody that doesn't sin from birth, and until you meet somebody who doesn't die, the Bible stands. There's no science in the world can refute those facts. Everybody on this earth shows up self-interested, self-loving, self-serving, and everybody leaves this world by dying. That's the Bible. Well, I don't believe the Bible. Well, what part of that can you refute? None of it. That's, those are facts. Scientific facts universally uh, believed and proven around the world. So, but the verse goes on to say, verse 13... For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Now look, everybody sins though everybody doesn't commit the same sin. See that? I'm not a sinner because I ate the fruit off a tree in a garden. I'm a sinner because whatever it is God told me to do, I didn't do it. Whatever it is God told me not to do, I didn't do it. Everybody shows themselves to have inherited Adam's inclination toward Adam's yielding to sin, they prove it every single day of their lives by sinning. That's just a fact. But we, we, have, we have in this verse 14 a promise that somebody's going to show up whom Adam prefigured. Now it wouldn't do any good for somebody else to show up to sin. But it would do some good if somebody else could show up who could give birth to a race of people. It would do some good if somebody else could show up who was the beginning or the start of a brand new order of beings. That would be some good news. Okay, keep your finger right there. Before we get to the good news, we've got to go ahead and finish off the bad news. Now, Roman, uh, Psalm 51. Psalm number 51. A beautiful psalm of repentance and of seeking God. Psalm 51. And verse number 1. Psalm 51. And verse number 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. 
For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. Now, now let's, let's stop for a minute. David, according to the notations, wrote this psalm after his sin with Bathsheba. When he did that, he sinned against her. When he did that, he sinned against her husband. When he had her husband killed to try and cover it up, he sinned against his nation. He sinned against the army. He sent those guys into a battle on purpose to get slaughtered. Listen, David sinned against a lot of people that day. But but what David has come to realize, as we saw this morning, what I did sprang from what I am. My actions are the outworking of my heart, of my thoughts. Okay? So he says, he he acknowledges, I was sinning against God before I ever sinned with that woman. I was sinning against God before I ever had her husband killed off. I've got to come to realize my sin ultimately is a rebellion against and a refusal of God. David came to that conclusion. And once he does, he tries to backtrack and find out, how did I get here? What's what's the cause of all this? Keep reading. Verse number 4, Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen, in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, now think about this. The Bible says, Hebrews 13, 4, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. That's what it says. The Bible says that God made the man, made the woman, put them together in the garden, said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 7, the, the body of the woman belongs to her husband, the body of the man belongs to the wife. So he's not saying what my mother did and what my father did were sinful. He's saying from the very moment I was conceived, I didn't just receive cells. I didn't just receive protons and neutrons and electrons and, and a genetic pattern and a DNA imprint and I received Adam's sin that was part of the package from the very moment of conception that's what the Bible says so people say well I'm not all that bad a person it don't matter how bad you are you're bad enough well I've never done this and I've never done that God marked us as a sinner before we ever did all the things we're saying we didn't do. They're, they're all in there. Now, now here's, what, here's what we know to be true scientifically. Here's what we know to be true biblically. If they didn't match, we'd stick with the Bible and wait for science to catch up. But here's what we know. Everybody you see came from Adam. So when God made that man, that man had within his, within his makeup 
Every color, every height, every shape, every size that is manifest in the unfolding of his race. It's all there. If you believe the Bible, if Adam's the first father, then everybody you see came from Adam. Now, I've met one guy in all my years that thought they were all different origins of all different races, and, and God, but, but that's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. If you're here tonight and you're Hispanic, you're from Adam. You're Caucasian, you're from Adam. You're black, you're from Adam. You're Oriental, you're from Adam. We believe he's the father of the race. Now, if that's true, if all the physical is in one man, then every sin that anybody ever committed is all in one man. So, you might not grow up to manifest the characteristics physically of a Native American or a Native Pacific Islander or a Native Indi uh, Indian. But it's, it's in the same... Look, Acts, come here. Come, come to Acts 26. I'll show you. Some of you looking at me like you're not sure. Come to Acts 26. Well, I read this book one time. I know. Book, books are good. They are. I've written a few, but... You've got to compare the books to the Bible. Where the Bible says one thing, the books say something else. I'm sorry, it's 17. Acts 17. Everybody there? Acts 17? All right. Verse number 24. God that made the world. I believe that. You believe that? And all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelt not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Now, if we, if we all got one blood, despite what we look like, they all came from one man. And we did. All of us, all of us, our physical characteristics, we're not one man. They just worked themselves out. That's why God didn't have to take two of every, of every cat in the ark. He just had to take two of every kind of animal in the ark. You get the kind in there, you got all the species. You get the kind in there, you got all the mutations. You got the kind in there, you got all the variations. You put one family in there from Noah. One man is three sons. That's one family. Everybody you're looking at came out of that ark. And there's only one family in there, okay? So, so physically we get that. You have to understand that is also true spiritually. You inherited from Adam every sin. He was, he, sin entered the world through that one man. What entered the world was not eating fruit in a garden. What entered the world was sin. All its mutations, all its variations, all of its different forms started there. In Adam, all die. Read that in a minute. Now, look at, um, <clears throat> look at Job chapter 14. <clears throat> Job 14. <clears throat> All I do is preach, and every time I get a little sick, it just goes right in my vocal cords. 
Job 14. And let's look at, well, let's see, how much of this do we want to read? Um, Job 14 and verse number, let's do four. Well, let's do one. Man that is born of a woman. Anybody here qualify for that? No aliens here tonight? All right. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. I don't see why people have an argument with the Bible. That's pretty clear, isn't it? He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And dost thou open thine eyes upon such an one and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one? Now, look, if that verse is true, let's get another verse with it. Job 25, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Job 25, verse number 4. Job 25, 4. How then can man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Okay, now look. If you could stop committing sin, you can't stop being sinful. It is as much a part of your being as your nervous system as your circulatory system, as your skeletal system, as your personality. We are conceived in iniquity. The Bible says we go astray from the womb. Anybody doesn't believe that hadn't had children? They're wonderful. You don't have to teach them to do wrong. You have to teach them to do right. Now here's what he said. You can't take something that came out of an unclean thing and make it clean. Baptize it. It's not clean. Catechize it. It's not clean. Membership it. It's not clean. It's still what it was when it was born. You can... You can become a devout Catholic and that will help you control it. You can become a dedicated Baptist and that will help you control it. You can submit yourself to, to Islam and that will help you control it. But all you can do is try to manage what you are. You can't ever be anything else. Not if the only father you've got is Adam. John chapter 3. How many of you knew we were going there? John 3 and back to Romans 5. John chapter 3, back to Romans 5. Good to hear Brother Bob saying amen back there. John 3, Romans 5. John 3, 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now, all you read in the Gospels about the Pharisees and their opposition to Jesus, look what Nicodemus just admitted about them. 
We know that thou art a teacher come from God. That means everything they did to oppose him was a deliberate waging of war against God. Well, that changes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, doesn't it? All right. So verse number three. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again. How about that? You can't bring a clean thing out of an unclean. So Nicodemus, whatever I teach you can't make you clean. Whatever miracles I work can't make you clean. Whatever good works you do as a Pharisee in the name of God can't make you clean. You must be born again. Verily I say to thee, except I be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now that's a that's a very interesting statement. Luke nineteen says, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall you see, lo, it is here, lo, there. You can't see the kingdom of God at all. So here's the tip off. To get born again enables you to see the kingdom of God. If the kingdom of God's spiritual, that 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 new birth has got to be spiritual. Because he's telling you, you can become a witness to an invisible kingdom if you'll have an invisible birth. The two match. Now, Nicodemus answers, verse number four. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Okay, question. If being born of a woman, unclean, being born out of that, the womb, unclean, if you could do it a second time, what would you be? Unclean. If you could do it 15 or 20 times, what would you be? Unclean. If reincarnation was true, it would be the cruelest joke that God ever played on man. To just keep coming back and having to go through all this again and again and again. And no matter how many times you did it, you're still unclean. Because you're still coming forth from Adam and the womb of a woman and you can't get clean that way. So he couldn't possibly be talking about any type of second or additional or redone physical birth. There's no possible way. Verse number 5. Jesus answered, Verily may I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh. Matching what? Coming out of the mother's womb. Matching what? Born of water. Matching what? It's flesh. That's how flesh is born. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Sanctify it. It's flesh. Confess it. It's flesh. Punish it. It's flesh. Reform it. It's flesh. That's all it is. That's all it'll ever be. But, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit 
is spirit. You need a spiritual birth in addition to your physical birth. One doesn't replace the other. One comes along after the other to supersede it. Now, let's go back to Romans 5. Jesus Christ did not replace Adam. There's still Adam. But Jesus came along in addition to Adam to be the superior one to Adam. So the last Adam can give you a birth that is greater than the birth you received from the first Adam. How's that? Romans 5, verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. How is Adam the figure of him that was to come? Adam gave birth to a race. The last Adam gave birth to a race. Verse 15. But not as the offense so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of many of one, many be dead, much more by the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Look at that. Just as Adam gives birth to people who are dead, Jesus Christ gives birth to people who are justified. And the only difference is, Adam does it for everybody. Jesus does it for everybody that believes on him. Every member of Adam's race does not become a member of Jesus' race. But everybody who becomes a member of Jesus' race receives spiritual life just as every member of Adam's race received physical life. Now what's the great difference? You're still going to die because you came from Adam. But you're still going to live because you came from Jesus Christ. The death I received from Adam continues to work in my members until eventually this body dies. If I've never been born again, that death is eternal. If I've been born again, the last Adam steps in and says, Well, first Adam, that's as far as you could take him. But watch this. And he raises us from the dead to enjoy eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because we've had a second birth, we see the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Have you had two births? Do you have two fathers? See, this is why all this arguing and disputing, and it's worse in our country now, I think, than it's ever been, about who your father was. My color, your color, my culture, your culture. We're multicultural. No, we're single cultural. We're in a bicultural family. Why don't you get over that? You're in Adam. And if you're an Adam, what you have in common with everybody else, no matter what they look like, is you're a sinner. 
if you've been born again, why don't you get over what you were in Adam? What you have in common with everybody else that's been born of Jesus Christ is you have everlasting life. Praise God. Now, come back to 1 Corinthians 15 and get 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Peter 1. This is why there is no other testament of Jesus Christ, as the Book of Mormon is called. This is why there's no other prophet, because there's only two Adams. God didn't say, and I've read this in so many books, I've heard this in so many sermons, God didn't say Jesus was the second Adam. If He's the second, you have an open door for a third or a fourth or a fifth. He's the last Adam. You take this train or you miss the train. There's not another one running. You you get off the Adam train at this station and get on the Jesus train and you can go to heaven. If you miss this train, you're not going. What time's the next train? I think I'll take that one. There isn't a next train. Well, aren't there many roads that lead to heaven? No, there's two. So what are the two? Never sin or Jesus. Well, they tore up that first set of tracks a long time ago. So you're going to have to get on board the Jesus train or you're not getting there. He's the last Adam. You want a second birth? You've got to get it from Him. You want eternal life? You've got to get it from Him. Now look at this. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 20. Now, but now, is Christ risen from the dead? Hallelujah. And become the first fruits of them that slept. For by man came death. How many? Just one. Adam. All this death came from Adam. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. How many men? Only one. That's all. Now, now look at this. This man, and we'll, we'll see this in later lessons, this man gave Elijah the power to raise somebody from the dead. This man gave Elisha power to raise somebody from the dead. This man gave Paul the power to raise somebody from the dead. This man, when he walked the earth, raised people from the dead. There have been men who have been called forth from the dead through the instrumentality of another man, by the power of God. But only one man ever went in there, took the keys of death and hell, and walked out by his own power. There's only one. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He that believeth in me is dead, though he be dead, yet shall he live. 
I am the resurrection. I'm the life. That's what he said. And he proved it. He walked out of that grave. So, if you want to get dead, you get it from Adam. Everybody's already got that. You want to get life, you've got to get it from Jesus Christ. Everybody doesn't have that. But everybody who has eternal life got it from the last Adam. Keep reading. Verse 22. Four. Four. And here's why the first Adam is a figure of the last Adam. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. How about that? Now, let's compare this to what we talked about this morning. I'm saved. I don't want to sin. God has commanded me not to sin, but I sin. But I'm saved because I have an advocate. Hallelujah. But it goes beyond that. Adam hearkened unto his wife. Went and stood under a tree with forbidden fruit on it and ate of that fruit. I've not done that. But I'm going to die. Why? Not because I did what Adam did, but because I am in Adam. That's what he said. In Adam all die. He didn't say in Adam everybody that murders dies. He didn't say in Adam everybody that molests the child dies. You know what you hear when you witness the people? You know the Bible says we're all sinners. Well, I never killed anybody. The Bible doesn't say we've all killed somebody. If you're in Adam, that's why you die, because his death has been passed to you. Do you know why you live if you're in Christ? That's why. Because you're in Christ. It's not in Christ and witness. It's not in Christ and tithe. It's not in Christ and be faithful. You live solely because... Only because of who birthed you. That's the only reason. Now, I do a lot of things I shouldn't do because I'm in Adam. By the grace of God, I do a lot of things I should do because I'm in Christ. But I don't die because of the things I do. I die because I'm in Adam. And I don't live because of the things I do. I live because I'm in Christ. It's that birth that gives me everlasting life. Just like it's that other birth that gives me physical death. Praise God. My wife and I were talking this afternoon. And this is the truth. The reason a lot of people are saved and don't know they're saved. And the reason a lot of people are saved and think they can lose it is because they don't have the slightest idea what it means to be saved. They don't. Are you going to heaven when you die? Well, I'm trying. Why would you say that if what gets you to heaven is a birth? Well, I'm doing the best I can. Why would you say that? The very fact that you say that shows no one has ever explained to you from the Bible what it means to be saved. It can't possibly have anything to do with your merits or you couldn't get it when you get it. Come on, I'm, I'm in Adam, I'm lost, 
I'm dying. I'm going to hell. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus, I believe on you. Save me. Whatever words you said, when you believe the gospel and call the Lord, He saved you. On the basis of what good works? None. Well, yeah, but now that you're saved, you've got to do good works. But you couldn't be saved if you had to do the works to be saved. You say you have to do to be saved. I was dead in trespasses and sins the moment my parents conceived me. And I received everlasting life the moment the Holy Ghost conceived me. You get death from Adam, you get life from Christ. You live out the life of Adam, and then by the grace of God, you live out the life of Christ. But you get the life in a moment of conception. Praise the Lord. You couldn't get it any other way. Now, look at 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse number 17. And if you call on the Father, who without respect to person judge according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, how could you possibly teach that Peter is written to people who are back under the traditions of their fathers? And trying to save themselves by their works during a tribulation. The people he's writing to were redeemed, not with corruptible things, so, uh, silver and gold. For, see, if you're making conversation received by church, your fathers. But how were they redeemed? With the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Who verily is foreordained from the foundation before the foundation of the world? You weren't. He was. What was manifest in these last times for you? Who? Now look. Who by him? Do believe in God. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So I believe in God. You've got to believe in God by Jesus Christ. Who that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. See, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth of the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again. Now look what it is to be redeemed with the blood of the Lamb. The Holy Spirit uses that interchangeably with being born again. Everybody, did, are you reading? You reading the Bible? Okay. Look, verse 18, or 19, or 18, I'm sorry. Ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a Lamb. What are they? Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. What is that called in verse 23? Being born again. When you call on God, believing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and have imparted to you a new birth. Praise God. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. That's Adam but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. See that? Every one of us has been born of corruptible seed. What's the proof? 
Look at what's happened to this face. This part right here used to be up here. This hair used to grow down here. Now it's up here. If it's even, no, where is it now? It's up way up here. Where do you, wrinkles, gray, slow. Come on. What is that? It's corruption. It's got me. Help! I can't get free of it. And it's all natural. <laughs> it's been with me since birth. Come on now. But in Christ. What's in Christ? Not my body. What's in Christ? My soul. Saved. Brand new. Day by day. Forever. Hallelujah. Now, you'll see the comparison. Verse 24. For all flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. The world rejects the Bible. And then you know who they what, you know how they picture death? As a grim what? Reaper. What's a reaper do? He takes a sickle and he cuts down the grass. That's Bible. Go to work tomorrow, Todd. Todd will get up on that mower. He'll crank that thing up. And he'll look at that, out that grass. And he'll say, you've grown long enough. Time to cut you down. And he'll just go out there and mow it down. You know what that is? That's a picture of death. It just comes through. It doesn't care if you're black, white, green, blue, yellow, educated, uneducated, rich, poor. It's just going to come cut you down. Well, what did I do? Adam's your dad. You're born of a woman. That's, that's all you had to do. But, verse 25, But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. What's the gospel? Redemption through the blood of the Lamb. What's redemption through the blood of the Lamb? It's the new birth. What's the new birth? It's the gospel. What's the gospel? It's redemption by the blood of the Lamb. What's redemption by the blood of the Lamb? It's the new birth. What's... Stop hacking the Bible all to pieces so you can fight with the brethren. You must be born again. Why? Because the only birth you got so far is from the first Adam. And if you don't get a birth from the last Adam, you're going to die. With or without Jewish sacrifices. With or without a New Testament. With or without baptism. With or without good deeds. You're either in Christ or you're dead forever. You've got to get... You got to get in Christ. How can you do that? Oh, you, you just trust Him, call upon Him. Amen. All right, now let's go to Genesis five and Matthew chapter one. Genesis five and Matthew one. Let me show you a little something Moses and Matthew got together on. Oh, wait, they couldn't have done that, could they? Let me tell you how this this shepherd who did 40 years for killing a man, and this commercial fisherman who once uh, cussed out a little girl at a campfire. (laughs) Let me tell you how they conspired together to, to hatch up this little plot here. Or, let me show you what the Holy Spirit, who gave the Scripture by inspiration, told these two men to write down. How's that? Anybody like that better? I like that better. These preachers get up and say, well, Peter said, Paul said, I wouldn't trust those guys for a minute. God said. God said. 
All right, Genesis 5, verse 1. This, no, no, no. Hang on to 5. Go to chapter 1 just for a minute. Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Hooray. If the dolphins don't want to get caught in tuna nets, let them form their own lobby. Till then... I'm going to eat the tuna in a tuna fish can and the dolphin at McDonald's. (laughs) You can't sell filet a dolphin sandwich. Nobody's going to buy that in America. They'd be be offended. Stingray nuggets and all that stuff. (laughs) Anyway, let them have dominion over the fish sea and over the fowl of the air. So that spotted owl ain't smart enough to get out of the way. He's done for. And over the cattle. Hoorah. Hey, if you don't want me eating cows, then you buy them all up. And you shelter them. But if you don't want to buy them all, stop putting ranchers out of business. We got dominion. I see people say, I say you an evolutionist? Yeah. I said, well, what good's it do you to be on the top if you're just going to surrender to bugs? crazy, isn't it? I've noticed these animal rights people, they never plea for rats. They never protest outside the exterminator's office. You never see one PETA person naked in front of Aaron Pest Control saying, save the roaches. Isn't that true? They want to, they want to protect cute animals. That's right. People for the ethical treatment of cuddly animals. They're not for the ethical treatment of gross animals. (laughs) I guarantee you, every one of those animal rights people chop a head off a rattlesnake if it's in their yard. Oh, well. Of course, they live in condos. They don't have yards. Anyway, we'll foul the air over the cattle and over all the earth. So we can drill in it. We can frack in it. We can extract whatever we want out of it. We can dump junk in the ocean. We can do whatever we want. It's ours. Throw a plastic bottle top in the middle of the Pacific. That's right. Aren't you worried about the sea turtle? If that sea turtle can't tell the difference between the street light and the moon, something's going to kill it anyway. It may as well be a car. I'm sorry, I'm all off track. They go, you know, they just, they just, they. Some, some guy spends a fortune to build a motel over there on the beach, right? Try to make a living. And then they pass a law and says, you got you to gotta black out the, you know, half your light so when a sea turtle looks up and sees it, he doesn't think it's the moon and he'll walk that way and get in the highway. What are they going to do when the moon goes across the ocean and over the tops of the condos and back over this way on the other side of the highway? You know, block out the moon at night? Next, they'll be taking tax money and making little blinders for sea turtles. And so they... Yeah, sorry. All right. So anyway, we're off track. Sorry about that. 
over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. I was witnessing a guy in the back of a bowling alley in New Smyrna back when he used to, they had a pin setter over there when I was a kid. That's how old I am. Got to knock the pins down, they got to go out there and stand them up. Of course, you know what people did after they had a few drinks. Who wants to hit pins when you throw the ball at the pin setter? You know? <laughs> so. Anyway, so we got the idea. We'll go around and witness the guy back there at the pin. He can't go anywhere. If you want people to witness to, find people who can't leave. <laughs> Bus stops, great place to witness. Laundry mats. That's all the clothes they got or they wouldn't be there. They're not leaving. <laughs> so anyway, so we went back there to witness that pin setter. And there's, you know, Florida's state animals crawling across the floor on those big old palmetto bugs. You call them roaches, but they're not. They're palmetto bugs. They're more advanced species. And so I went over. I was going to stomp the thing. And the guy was some sort of Hindu or something, which he wasn't, but he thought he was. He was an American version. And he said, oh, no, no, don't kill that. It might be somebody's grandmother. That's what he said. So I went over there and stomped it, and I said, she'll thank me later. <laughs> Come on, if that was your grandmother, wouldn't you let her have a, want, her, want her to have another chance? <laughs> She'd have to come back as something better than a palmetto bug. <laughs> so, thank you. Anyway. Now watch. <laughs> Tell school's back in session. All right, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So the reference has to be to a living trinity. Not to what God looks like physically, because both the male and the female are created in the image of God. Everybody see that? Like my voice cracking like that. It's like going through puberty all over again. 28. And God blessed them. God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Good thing He didn't put two men in there. Or two women. They'd have, they'd have been hopeless. Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and so forth. All right, now come to Genesis 5. So the man and the woman made in the image of God. God's a trinity. God's alive. He made a man, spirit, soul, body. He's alive. But look what happens after he eats that fruit. He said, the day you eat there, you shall surely die. Isn't that right? Genesis 5, verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. Adam generates a race of people. In the day that God created man... In the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. So a woman keeping her own name after she's married is, a, is rebellion against the planned purpose of God. Amazing what you can find out reading the Bible, isn't it? And, and it's amazing all the things you can say to keep a church from growing. Like that. See, if I just leave that animal stuff alone and leave this, you know, man... Uh, anyway. In the day when they were created. Now watch. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his 
own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Something happened. Adam's offspring are not born in God's likeness. They're born in Adam's likeness. They're not born with the image of God. They're born with the image of Adam. Because they're a triune being, but the soul is dead in trespasses and sins and must be regenerated, must have a new birth. Watch. Watch the book of the generation of Adam. Verse 3. Or sorry, 4. says, In the days of Adam, after he begotten Seth, were 800 years, and begotten sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And Seth lived 105 years. Verse 8. And he died. Enos lived 90 years, begat Canaan. Verse 11. And he died. Canaan lived 70 years, begat Mahaliel. Verse 14. And he died. You read that whole chapter. You know what happens? In Adam all die. And he died 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 and he died. Whole chapter. Read it. Are you in Adam? You're going to die. There's nothing you can do about it. You can eat healthy. You can eat junk. You can exercise. You can be a couch potato. You're going to die. I think if we eat right, we can prolong our lives. Uh, Seth lived 807 years. Enos lived 815 years. Cannon uh, lived 840 years. There's no oatmeal you can buy that's going to do that for you. You take any pill they're advertising on the radio, you're not getting 800 years out of this thing. It's going down, 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 boom, done. That's it. Why? Because you're in Adam. All right, now come to Matthew. The book of the generation of Adam. There's only one other book of generations in all the Word of God. There's other genealogies, but there's only two books. Verse 1, Matthew 1, 1. The book... Of the generation of Jesus Christ. Old Testament in Adam. New Testament in Christ. You're in one or the other. How about that? I'm so glad I've had a second birth. Let me show you why. Verse number one. Book of the generation of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, and Judas begat Phares and Zerah of Tamar, and Phares begat Ezra, and Ezra begat Aram, and Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nasson, and Nasson begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. Hey, hey, what's different about this book from that other book? Nobody dies. Everybody in the book of the generations of Adam died. Nobody in the book of the generations of Jesus Christ dies. I don't think Moses and Matthew made that up. I think the Holy Spirit, who inspired the Word of God, 
set that thing right at the very start of the Old Testament and the New Testament to show you what he's going to teach you in the Gospels and the Epistles of the New Testament. If you have a first birth, it's from Adam. You are born in sin. You are born in trespasses. And you're going to die. And there's nothing you can do to stop that. There's nothing you can do to reverse that. But if you will receive a second birth from the Lord Jesus Christ, you can get a life for your soul that never, 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 never dies. Hallelujah. What a blessing. We got time. First Corinthians, no, Second Corinthians, chapter four. Second Corinthians, chapter four. Verse number sixteen. Written to save people. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish. See that? Save people. Why? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Why? All flesh is grass. Why? The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away. Why? In Adam all die. Yet, the inward man is renewed day by day. How about that? See this outside? Not only is it dead, it's more dead than it was yesterday. You ever this stuff they say? They say dust is dead skin cells. There must be somebody sneak in our house and die overnight. You couldn't lose that many skin cells. You'd weigh 8,000 pounds. Anyway, I don't know what, this, what dust for, but I know this. I made the dust of the ground, and that's where I'm going. But I also know this, inside, inside, that, that soul that was regenerated by Jesus Christ, it is just as alive today as it was all those years ago when Jesus Christ gave me that new birth. It is new, and then it's renew, and then renew, and then renew, and then renew every single day. So, that first man, you know what they called him? Adam. And when the last one showed up, you know what God called him? Adam. And this is, this is really cool. He rises from the dead. What, he dies? He buried, he's buried. He rises from the dead. He has conquered sin and death in the grave. And the first person to see him supposed he had been the gardener. Mary said, are you Adam? How about that? Where did he first show himself alive after his resurrection? In a garden. <laughs> you know what he said? We're starting all over. Amen. New Adam, new race. You want to believe on me? We can, we, can, we can start a brand new race of people. Psalm 22 says when he's hanging on a cross, you know what the joy that was set before him was? He shall see his seed. 
and shall be glad. In Adam, all die. In the last Adam, all are made alive. Praise God. Well, Adam, that's a good one. Advocate, that's a good one. And we got, we're just, we're just starting in on the A names of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. When we consider the heavens, the work of thy hands, the moon, the stars that thou hast ordained, we say with the psalmist, what is man that thou art mindful of him? God, to think that you would have done all of this for us. It's overwhelming. It's such a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the last Adam. The world will never need another Adam. Hallelujah. Pray, God, that you'd help us as the days go by this week to keep our minds stayed upon this wonderful, lovely Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.